1: to Coach Crippett. I'm your host. Oh, what's my name again? Are you <coughs> dying? I am not dying. She's dying, everyone. Who are you? Oh, I'm Tanner, by the way.
2: <laughs> and I'm his fiance, Amanda.
1: Hey, I'm married, everybody. What's up? <laughs> Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I'm so lucky.
2: Oh, I'm the lucky one.
1: Look at me. So, uh, Some news going on, little updates, a little about the podcast, what's going on with it. So last week we had Dr. Donald Molnar on, talked a lot about near-death experiences and his time when he went fishing with his dad, and it's pretty, he's pretty certain a Sasquatch was throwing rocks at him.
2: do then.
1: Yeah. It's
2: an interesting story.
1: It's very interesting. Everyone should... Take a it, look at it and listen to it. Listen to it. Just tell, tell your friends about it. I, I don't really care if you subscribe or not. Really, just tell your friends. If you listen to it every day and have like a bookmark, just, as long as you listen to it, subscribe just makes it easier for you to find it, you and know. follow it. And follow it. It makes it easier. It's, it's more for, for your benefit, really. But
2: I just want you to <laughs> enjoy and actually find this interesting and be proactive and become a community with
1: us yes what she said and uh next week we're having keith evans on he's the author of the hayes house ghost of people 2 As you That's see be interesting. very i'm gonna have a lot of uh, stuff I was then,
2: about to say, don't you have a recording tomorrow?
1: I, I have a recording. Oh, yeah, I do have a recording. Thank you, Amanda.
2: I try to be a help.
1: Who's, who's that with again? I forget. Last, oh, yeah, the last and rec podcast for him to be talking about stuff. I <laughs> can't remember. I can
2: You didn't tell me. You just told me we were going to be on another podcast.
1: Yeah. I'm being on a stream. Same difference to me. Yeah, same difference. You know, <laughs> she understands understand this, guys. So what are you up to, Amanda? Also, uh, so we should be seeing some stuff about that for um, Keith Evans. I'll be promoting his book throughout the week. I should be doing that. So we, she should be seeing that, seeing that through my Instagram and TikTok. Which you can find
2: probably Facebook as well.
1: Yeah, probably. Facebook. I don't fucking want people more on Facebook now.
2: Stop grumbling. Can't fucking speak. Use your words.
1: I got a thousand damn, over a thousand people on my Facebook page, and I get barely any traffic for me. I get <laughs> Go and comment on my stuff, people.
2: Become a community. Talk.
1: But I've been listening to uh, some podcasts. What kind? Uh, I was like, it's, it's one. There's a lot. It's this theme of like going from like topic to topic to topic lately.
2: So to, just diversify.
1: Yeah, diversity. Like, diverse or like shareable snippets. Oh, that's cool.
2: That's What's spent, the
1: name I, of it? Uh, like a lot of... Like a lot of different podcasts. But that's what seems to be. That's what I'm saying. There seems to be the. The main idea. These days. Maybe bit more shareable. So there's long forms. Well, This is like how we're doing. Uh, how we've been doing with Mexico. I'm doing like story to story. Just kind of like what I do anyway. I guess. Am I talking? Can you hear me guys? Hello. Hey. Uh, shout out to. Amanda. For being the best fiance.
2: He's too much
1: guys, he really is. Shout out to uh, GameTag and G1s, all G1s out there. Okay, uh...
2: Thank you for all your support. Without you guys, we wouldn't be here.
1: Yeah, thank you. Actually, yeah. I, you know what? No. Fuck you guys. Hey, be nice. Fuck you. No, no. See, I want to tell her.
2: Be nice.
1: I wouldn't paint out of pocket. I haven't got no sponsors. <laughs> kind of sponsors for like eight months now i'm broke guys i'm i'm looking out of cardboard box help me
2: no i should not have done that okay i'm peachy
1: but the last sponsor i got was a free like a charity sponsor thing for the election Tell people to vote
2: Sponsors. It's just the
1: I need people. That... I got employees. Damn it. I got...
2: Okay, we understand that, but it's more about being able to form a community and getting to know other people and actually be expanding the horizon, rather than community.
1: Making... Yes, thank you. You hit you, you, the magic word, community. I've been asking on Twitter. Go on Twitter. That's, that's cozycryptedpod.com at Twitter at cozycryptedpod. What's that, Amanda again? What's that on Twitter? On Twitter handle. What's That's my Twitter? Pod. podcast. No pod. pod. Yeah. You'll see there on the profile, right on top, is a pinned tweet. Actually, if you should have a listener. I see it'll be over the time you see this, so never mind. Forget <laughs> what I said.
2: <laughs> well, give us any ideas on Twitter of what you think we should try to do to improve or to
1: send your stories. Send some stories. Yeah, send us some stories. We, we'll read question. them on the
2: podcast. We'll do a QA. I'll ask the questions and I'll ask my future husband.
1: We're having uh also I've been streaming.
2: Yeah he's been streaming a lot guys.
1: Streaming Valhalla. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm kind of annoyed that every Assassin's Creed game has a different combat system.
2: Oh yeah you didn't know that it's annoying as fuck. You didn't know that?
1: Like every single one
2: <laughs> for you. I'm well, going back to Persona Striker sometime tonight or tomorrow. we
1: try. try.
2: I'm going to. You'll try. I'm going to. I'll
1: strike you.
2: I'll karate chop
1: to you. You'll try. won't
2: <laughs> oh, make me laugh my tooth. Okay.
1: So, so t- what are we doing today? So today we're in Caluya, Mexico? Yeah, the state of Mexico. Kaluuya? Cool. 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 I can't
2: uh oh. Kahula. Cool. 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 Sorry for mispronouncing this stuff wrong. We're trying our best here.
1: So the first story is very interesting. It's a story about a burglar that likes to clean rooms and not take anything. Would you like to hear, would you like to hear about it, everyone.
2: It's a weird burglar, but I'm kinda
1: intrigued. <laughs> An unnamed, a very clean burglar. An unnamed Mexican man arrived home with his five-year-old son and discovered that someone had broken into his house. Yet after a thorough search, the homeowner discovered that absolutely nothing was taken. So how did the man know that an intruder had been in the house during the absence? I'm oh. asking I'm asking you, Amanda. Ow. How? How? How uh, uh, So nothing was taken. So was the lock broken? I'm guessing the lock was broken. That the be my first? lock,
2: the window, anything. The door.
1: The door was busted in.
2: And how did he know that someone came in if not, I'll tell you right say- now.
1: I'll tell you right now. Besides the the back door being left ajar, the burglar had cleaned the entire house.
2: What do you mean by the entire house?
1: Nelson, this is a quote from from the victim. Okay. Nothing was taken, broken, or ransacked. Just arranged in a really creepy way, the man told the media outlets. He said he could smell bleach and other cleaning materials that the unknown intruder had used in his cleaning spree. His son's room, which is always pretty messy. As befits a young child, more important things on its mind have been neatly arranged and the bed made.
2: That's creepy. I would not want people touching my stuff. The
1: trigger even made a rose out of toilet paper and left it on the bathroom door handle, said the perplexed homeowner.
2: I kind of want to know how that he did that. Making a rose out of toilet paper and hanging it. But then again, that's
1: way too creepy. Uh, No, he he put it on the door handle.
2: It's still creepy. It's
1: really nice though.
2: Nice, but creepy. (laughs) That it's a form of personal violation.
1: The home was outfitted with an alarm system, but the video component had not been activated for a while. However, the system did log that intruder spent just ninety minutes in the home.
2: So about an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, about enough time to clean the whole house. It takes you three hours?
2: Well, between me and my mom, yeah. Takes me about four by myself.
1: Yeah. Man posted on his Facebook page, not only did, did not take anything that I can find, but the purpose of the visit was to clean my bathroom and bedrooms. They made the beds, vacuumed the rugs, scrubbed the toilets, and left TP roses. James Maynard from Facebook. It's a very interesting one. We want read this one, Amanda.
2: How do you pronounce the title, first
1: uh, off? La Loquesta. What the hell is that? We're gonna read about
2: it. Okay, the La, La Cuesta. Is that how you say it?
1: Yeah, speaking of my voice.
2: I am trying my best. Oh, yes. Let's do that then. Yes. Citing something of, of a gigantic bird have been happening all over northern Mexico and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas for centuries. The massive bird has been called La Loquista, Spanish for owl. Hmm. For its resemblance to an owl. Is this creature real or is it part of folklore and myth? Or perhaps even something else?
1: Something else. Um, I believe it is definitely an alien. Who knows? I Let's
2: know. find out more.
1: I know. I'm the
2: Locasa.
1: Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm the guys. I got fishing.
2: Please ignore him. There are many descriptions and stories about the giant Mukesa, and all seem to focus on its unusual large size. Depending on which tale you hear, the massive bird mm-hmm. cage ranged mm-hmm. in size from... Mm-hmm. Making me laugh. It hurts.
1: Sorry. sorry.
2: Okay. Depending on which tail you hear, the massive bird can range in size from that of a small human to 7 feet tall and can have a wingspan in excess of 15 feet. It is sometimes described as black in color and sometimes as white as snow. In most cases, it has been said to resemble an owl, but some have reported it looking more like a huge raven. Some accounts say that the Luchez's face is... Is that of an old woman or something more otherworldly with that large dark eyes? Scary. Dark That's terrifying. eyes. terrifying.
1: Old woman face and a bird body. That's terrifying.
2: You little baby. I'm sorry says, for the weird noises. I was
1: talking
2: to the dog. Yeah, We need to scrub that. On
1: straight eyes, you, see, you
2: read I that? did that. Oh, well,
1: this is a lunch story. Oh, shit. And okay, I'll read this. I'll read, uh, till okay. this. I was
2: gonna say so, stop there and then I'll go to some. I do there yeah Read that whole paragraph.
1: In all cases, Loqueza flies and is seen at night. It has been reported only in the Mexican states of Chihuahua, Coahuila. Durango, Nuevo León, and Tempul- Tempulipias, and on the American side of the Rio Grande River in Texas. There are many different legends surrounding the signs of this creature. What could a large variety of explanations mean? The fact that there is so many different legends may indicate the signs that have occurred over a large geographical area over the years among people who were isolated from one another. One town may have made sense of their signs one way while Another town a thousand miles away may have made sense in another, without ever, without ever communicating with each other about it. That makes sense, doesn't it? It does. You ever play that um, telephone game?
2: Yeah, when you go down the line and you, you say know it, like, it, there's always a mistranslation at the end from the beginning. You, you ever, get like one or two words that are right, and then the whole thing else. Is... You ever?
1: <clears throat> you ever um played it? They did it in, cl- in class. Uh-huh. Like You know, at Someone like The teacher gives someone A phrase
2: Yeah And it passes down the line
1: And you're like How the fuck And you get like How the fuck did you get That
2: from that Yeah
1: Like the apple I ate the red apple and got I up like uh, I I beat my wife Or something I don't know I beat a fire truck I beat a fire truck With a p- Breadstick Or something Like,
2: that. like Yeah something weird Alright. One of the main themes running through these stories regarding the Luceza is that the creature was once a woman who is wronged and who is seeking vengeance. Some say the Luceza is a woman by day who turns into a huge owl by night. Some of the excuse me. Some say that the Luce snatches kids because her own children her her own child was killed by angry villagers for a crime he did not commit. Did not do it. In a v- variety of this, the child was killed by a drunk, and so now Deluche exacts revenge by hanging around bars, waiting until closing time to attack bar patrons who stumble out onto the streets after hours, not knowing the danger from the sky about to rain down on them. In some of the legends, La Luceza is not a shape-shifting person at all, but a witch is familiar, not much like a black cat, and does the bidding of the witch, attacking people and destroying property on her command. Other stories say the bird is a minion of Satan himself.
1: Satan. Lord. You know, uh, Satan is kind of like Ever okay? No, ever, you read the Bible?
2: All right, some of it. Have not read the whole.
1: Our story about how God. There was a. You're
2: trying to make me remember stuff that I. Okay.
1: There's a guy. He's like, "Hey, this guy's like, I love God," and God was, and Satan was like, "Hey, you only love God because you give all this cool stuff. Oh, he took it away," and God was like it's a tentative God, and he's like hey this guy he loves you cause he like you give him all this cool shit and God was like uh uh watch this and he like, took all his killed his children killed his livestock yeah
2: I remember that story It's a messed and, up story
1: and God was like and oh, all of his face was like God why'd you do this It's ain't cool all my families dead and I'm a lipper and uh, I'm a cross or dead and I'm like what the fuck dude and God was like hey bitch I'm God you don't fucking talk to me like that Um. I do like, all the good things and all the bad things. And I'm oh God. I can do what the fuck I want. And Didn't have
2: light, or light without dark.
1: God's, God's, the uh, He controls everything. You gotta understand that. So I don't understand why people are like saying to the source of evil. When God is like, hey, I'm the most powerful fucker in this motherfucker place, dude. And.
2: Yeah, a lot of people have different beliefs. It's weird. But interesting at the same time. So where, where'd
1: you stop at? Not only is <laughs> Not only is said to take humans as prey, it also preys upon the negative emotions of humans, acting as a psychic vampire, drawing power from emotions surrounding human conflict and distress. Little has been known to appear outside of houses during domestic quarrels, waiting for one of the people involved to storm out of the house to then be snatched and carried to the lair.
2: Dun-dun-dun.
1: dun dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. little casa appears to have special fondness for children.
2: I wonder why.
1: Especially for those who wander away from home after dark. It's also not seem to fare as well. The creature will make crying sounds like a baby. Can you make a crying sound, Amanda? Oi. Oi.
2: Dog's doing it just fine for you.
1: Okay. uh, like like a baby to lure you out of your house and it's also been known to make a whistling sound I can't whistle very much like a human whistling if you answer it back with a whistle of your own because it will swoop down and carry you away some bullshit Sorry,
2: Luca. I didn't mean to call you.
1: <laughs> if you wake up in the morning and see large scratches on your doors or window sills, it means the Loqueza was there. and It's coming to, for you. So you must prepare yourself accordingly. Oh, Lord, this is a long story. Can a Loqueza be killed? Mm-hmm. How can you protect yourself, people? Do you know? I have a... Because the creature is magical. According to legend, Luqueza, possesses supernatural powers and care must be taken to kill it or to ward it off. If you shoot at it, it doesn't die. You die instead. Some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: that's a cruel way to go. But, bah, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> hey.
1: If any part of Luqueza touches you, even a feather from its wingtip, you will die. Okay, no, that's not good. So no... You so can't, you can't even touch it? You can't give it a hug. No,
2: you can't touch it to kill it. You can't be like,
1: I'm sorry, I don't, people don't understand you because uh, I know you're just trying to keep people together and domestic violence <laughs> down and children from running away from home and, <laughs> and drunk people from being... not being drugs. And you're clearly a uh, story made by the Mexican culture to stop these bad things from happening. Okay. Let's continue on. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you dream about the creature, it means someone in your family will die. In many stories, the Luceza has been killed, but when the sun comes up, the body of the bird transforms back into the body of a haggard witch. If
1: I talk about witches, you know, witch means wise woman. hmm Okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh-huh which is intriguing anyway there are several things one can do toward off an attack by the creature hanging a rope with seven knots in its outside I can't speak hanging a rope with seven knots in it outside your front door or on your porch shows the creature that you acknowledge and respect it and it may leave you alone. If you see the creature flying at you, An attack can be repelled with a combination of salt and chili powder thrown into the luchesas face. Yes,
1: because I always carry salt and chili powder.
2: What, you don't carry black salt with you? Anyway.
1: (laughs) If salt and chili powder are not handy...
2: You can always recite the...
1: um, The (laughs) Magnificat. In Spanish, La Magnifica. A Catholic prayer taken from the Gospel of St. Luke. Where the Virgin Mary is praising the power of God. It's also called the... Canonical Mary and celebrates the visitation. The second joyful mystery of the holy sorcery. The prayer must be recited in a normal manner and backwards. Backwards.
2: How the hell do you do it backwards? You know it I don't wanna know. That take to show
1: off. I'm scrolling down, got i have calm down. <laughs>
2: I was trying, it didn't work. Okay, some stories of the Chaz encounters have happened well within the 21st century and continue to this day. And one recent story near the town of El Tegle.
1: What did you
2: say?
1: Hm? Huh? the whole town. Okay, I can't. El Tegle. Okay,
2: you can read this then.
1: Oh, okay. You don't. You don't don't. great don't You don't. you
2: so. I can't now pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. Okay. So. I can't even pronounce
1: that. Chihuahua.
2: Yeah, let's go with that. A man was driving on a dirt road outside of town when the creature began swooping down on its truck. It hit the truck's windshield and bounced onto the road in front of the vehicle. The driver gunned the engine, ran over the Lachesa, backed up over it, and ran it over again to be satisfied that he killed the creature. Unfortunately, from the rear view mirror of the truck, the man saw the Luchesa rise again and instantly had a heart attack and died at the wheel. The account was told by the passenger in the truck who witnessed the attack. In another story, the Luchesa was hanging around a small town near Nuevo Laredo, sorry if I'm killing these names, um, sometime in the 1950s. The townsfolk gathered together to come up with a plan to kill it. One person lured it out. Of the trees using his young child as bait. That is messed up. When the Luchesa swooped down to take the child, several men shot at the bird but only hit it in the claw before it flew off. The next morning, members of the town went to the house of a supposed witch, and she answered the door with a crutch and a bandaged leg. The story ends there you. <laughs> okay, the story ends there and we don't know what the final outcome of the story is. Oh my god, Medusa, No one to smack you.
1: In the United States, a town of Santa Rosa, Texas.
2: You got an easy name.
1: Near the birds with Mexico, there was a mass sighting of a La Cueza in 1977. The bird was spotted on a tree and it flew to the front door of a woman, scratching the door as if it Wanted to get in. By then the neighborhood dogs arrived barking. I can make
2: a dog bark. Make a dog bark. Luca oh.
1: Don't get him barking. <laughs> I'll never
2: shut up <laughs> That's true. You never shut up.
1: The Luca flew away. The dogs ran after the bird as it flew as they could as far as they could but gave up when the Luquezza flew too high. Next morning, all the neighborhood dogs were dead.
2: Good thing you didn't bark, Luca.
1: Several people saw the massive bird. All were mystified by the nighttime deaths of the dogs. Could the legends of Luquezza exist because they are describing an actual animal? If so, is there a physical evidence of the animal's existence? Among the many reports on the internet among, about the creature, Most of which is written in Spanish, there exists only one photo of a supposed Luquesa killed in northern Mexico. The bird appears to be a huge white barn owl with a fifteen foot wingspan. Damn. Some dismiss this as a hoax or a fake, something cropped and photoshopped. This, however, is the only piece of photographic proof of the creature's existence. No gigantic feathers, bones, or massive nests have been documented thus far. I'm shocked. You
2: think they're able to find something with all this? store behind it. Yeah, if it's real, that's true. That's why it's a myth or a legend.
1: Uh, on American, or it's no nah. by sighting by the count, force of sighting, it seems to be either a very low populated species. Okay, on the main American on the American side of the border, there are many native groups who have similar legends of giant birds. It's a collective term. Thunderbirds. Okay, thunderbirds are completely different things than the La- loquese. Okay, Look at, listen to my stories on Alaska. Listen to Alaska, and
2: you'll see the difference.
1: They're they're much bigger. Thunderbirds are much bigger. Okay, okay. Thunderbirds. To- thunderbirds are so big that you can't even imagine. Okay. You can't even dream about how you dream about them. Is this according to like... like corn leg- According like, to like... legit... Like Native American people. They're so big... That when you dream about them... You only dream about a little section of them. Because oh, they're, so, they're so big that king con
2: Okay, let's continue. What the fuck? These huge...
1: These, these huge nocturnal birds are... In the oral histories of the peoples of the Southwest... And the Pacific Northwest. They can be found among the Alec the Ojibwe and the Winnebago of the northern US and Canada. The Thunderbird has garnered serious interest from the cryptozoologists as science of these massive birds have continued into the 21st century. Lokaza might turn out to not might turn out to be not stuff of legend or mysterious animal yet undiscovered. It could have a more otherworldly origin. Many people connected with the alien ducks phenomenon. Have reported the signs of the owls before and during their supposed abduction experiences. Many of the deeds or experiencers claim the owl is used as a screen memory to take the place of the animals themselves, so as to cause the humans less trauma in dealing with the abduction experience.
2: Owls are often associated with the arrival of the greys, the short, menacing, spindly, hairless creatures with big black eyes who carry off humans for experimentation and tests in UFO lore. Whitley, what?
1: What? Whitley Sh- Strieber?
2: Strieber. The author of the famous book about the alien abduction phenomena, Communicate. Uh, Communion. Communion. That's a weird name for a book. Anyway, also links Alice to the arrival of the Greys. Could the Luchesia be used as a manipulate. Um, manipulate people. people during an alien abduction? The possibility that the Luchesia is being used by the Greys in their. Nefarious doings has been one theory posed. So, is this massive bird a figure of the collective imagination? Is it a genuine cryptic? Is it part of something not of this earth? There has been very little serious investigation into the Luchesa. The creatures remains mostly the stuff of legend and a way to keep children inside and safe. It's an interesting phenomenon, but it's waiting for some serious examination.
1: Awesome. What do you think? Okay. we you guys' questions. If you have any answers, please.
2: Comment down below. Or go
1: to KozyGrippy.com where you can see a phone down below where you can submit your questions, answers, stories, or is that another phone where you can be a guest? You can submit that.
2: And also take a look at all the merchandise.
1: Merchandise, because we have t-shirts, we have hoodies, we have stickers, we have... Bags. Bags, we have penny packs, we have water bottles.
2: And a love. Oh my god, Grim Reaper is adorable. What? It looks like a little Grim Reaper.
1: Little, it is a Grim Reaper.
2: I know! That's why I said the little Grim Reaper is adorable.
1: What's that, what's that code I can use to save 24% off their order? twenty four or twenty five. Twenty five
2: percent. I have no idea. What I is b- it?
1: I believe it's Cozy.
2: Cozy sounds like a nice word.
1: Cozy. Co- cozy. So, uh, so. Cozy save twenty four percent. How do I say this again? How do I say this? How much they can save off their order of merchandise from the Cozy group? You
2: would have to type in Cozy. Save twenty five percent off.
1: Yeah, off the order on checkout. After so, time or order. So
2: go take a look at the merchandise and tell us if there's something else you would like to see. I'm
1: thinking about putting another secret code word for seventy five percent off.
2: <laughs> you would lose money. I don't think you want to do that yet. Uh,
1: not yet. Not yet. Maybe if someone was cool enough like I don't know, Tom Cruise. He's tagged yeah. his, he's shared his Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah.
2: Come on, next one.
1: <laughs> UFO sighted in Coahuila. Kual- can't, can't even speak. Coahuila? In Saltillo, the capital of the state of Coahuila. The newspaper Tocalo had its bold headline its May 1st, 2013 edition, translated into English. UFOs appear in the skies of Pedros Negras and surroundings.
2: Dun, dun, dun
1: According to the oracle, the light in the sky first appeared in near the town of Jimenez, just off the Rio Grande, from the city of Pedros Negras. Which I'm not saying the N-word, it's N-G R S it sounds like I'm saying the
2: N-word. No. We're just bad at pronouncing Spanish names.
1: At around 9:30 p.m. on Tuesday, April,
2: you just yes. screwed. You didn't say which is situated across the river from Eagle Pass, Texas.
1: Yeah, what she said. Guess yeah. Look at me. He says Mike is he here. It's sorry,
2: Mike. Do I'm leaning on my hand.
1: Okay, sorry. Go sorry. Ahead. Okay. Uh, so, uh, several triangle-shaped objects flew overhead at rapid speed, headed. Heading south along the river, a small municipal airport at Pedros Negras shuts down daily at 7 p.m., and there were no long pl- airplane flights come in or out of that airport at that time of the sighting. Dozens of eyewitnesses in Pedros Negras saw the triangular crafts fly farther south, and by 10 o'clock, the residents of the town of Guerrero spotted strange aerial vehicles. All who witnessed these bizarre objects in the sc- sky said to were like no aircraft they had ever seen, and moved way too fast to be conventional airplanes. The Zogaleca article stated that this was not the first time the strange objects had appeared over specific detection of the Rio Grande Valley and Coahuila. In 2010, similar objects were seen in the Prevus Negros area. A brief survey of the Internet shows possible UFO activity in the area as recently as April 2020.
2: One of the earliest UFO incidents in all of Mexico allegedly took place in the area in December of 1950. This was during the UFOlogists called the Golden Age of Flying Saucers, as many eyewitnesses reported sightings of flying metallic disks in the sky over the United States. Some of the notable American sightings during this Golden Age included the Kenneth Arnold UFO incident near Mount Rainer, Washington, in June of 1947, the flying saucer class at Roswell, New Mexico, a few weeks later, and the multiple sightings of USO around Washington, D.C., in July of 1952. A f- former footnote to these more famous encounters on the United States side of the border during this time is a more obscured event right across the Rio Grande on the Mexico side, just south of Parroton. Negos, near the small town of gero i know i'm pronouncing these wrong um to the ufo researcher this case is known as the crash at el indigo no indio indio named for a texas town just across the river from you can pronounce it
1: gretel
2: okay thank you the small mexican ufo incident Involves secret U.S. government documents, a possible international cover up, and a thorough investigation in the early 1990s that sought to debunk the whole story.
1: The 1950 L. Endale saucer crash first came on the radar of American UFO researchers in December of 1984 when a strange package arrived at the doorstep of a Hollywood film producer named Jamie Shandera. The parcel postmarked Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? What? I think I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Aber- you watch Bugs Bunny? I haven't watched Punk Bunny in years. Oh my god. But another this... Bunny, but Hey,
2: I've been watching anime, leave me
1: alone. It contained an undeveloped roll of thirty five mm film. Shandira developed the film and found that it contained eight pages of government documents. they were classified two levels above Top Secret. The story is famous in the UFO research community, and the papers are now known as the Majestic 12, or MJ-12 documents. These papers were dated November 18th, 1952, and are also known as the Eisenhower Briefing, prepared by the outgoing Truman administration for nearly elected American President Dwight Eisenhower. The document describes the creation of the Majestic 12 group. Compromise of six military and six civilian members confirmed within the Pacific Task to oversee and investigate the entirety of the UFO, phenomenon. The Eisenhower briefing mentions many details of Roswell Incident of July 1947, but researchers were surprised to see the document touched upon a previously unheard of but similar event that occurred much farther south from Roswell, across the Rio Grande and into Mexico. Here is what MJ-12 documents had to say about the incident in relation to Roswell.
2: On Uh, December 6, 1950, a second object probably of similar origin impacted the Earth at high speed in the El Indobuera area of the Texas-Mexico border after following a long trajectory. trajectory through the atmosphere. By the time a search team arrived, what remains of the object had been almost totally incarcerated. Such materials as could be recovered was transported to the ACE, Atomic Energy Commission, faculty at Sandia, New Mexico for further study. Sandia, New Mexico referred to Sandia uh, National Laboratories as Kirtland Air Force Base then located on the southern edge of I can't
1: pronounce that. Upper key
2: seriously how you spell Albuquerque? Yeah. That is weird spelling. Anyway, presumably the wreckage was taken there for further study by the military and the MJ-12 documents most likely came out of the same faculty as Albuquerque postmark on Sharon's package would
1: Crab- correlate. Correlate. Yeah. Over the years, other pieces allegedly part of the MJ-12 documents have surfaced. Oh, fuck. Oh. <sighs> in fact, there are now hundreds of pages of supposedly classified materials that have come to light tied to the Majestic 12 Project. The FBI in the Air Force, along with many UFO, UFOlogists and debunkers, have declared that these documents to be fakes and the whole MJ-12 Project an elaborate hoax.
2: SBS.
1: Stanton Friedman, a nuclear physicist who's considered to be the grandfather of serious UFO research agrees that some documents associated with MJ 12 that have come out over the past 30 years have been fakes and, and may have been created intentionally to muddy the waters of UFO research. Bremen believe that the Eisenhower briefing of 1952, which mentions the El UFO crash, was indeed real. In March of 1990, two men sought to prove or disprove what was real in this supposed top secret document. Journalist and editor of the Mufon UFO Journal. Dennis Stacy teamed up with a man named Tom Dooley. Dooley, who was formerly of the National Security Agency, which is NS, NSA, which is probably... Guess what? Everybody, they're listening to you right now. NSA is listening to you, your conversations and tracking your...
2: Personal information? Yeah. Dun-dun-dun. No, shout,
1: shout out to, um... What's his face? He's the guy who looked all that. Hmm? He's in Russia right now. Uh... It was in nineteen ninety, the administrative was formerly of the uh Assistant to the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, of San Quentin, Texas. Stacy and Julie would make three trips to investigate the annual Indio UFO incident. Before the duo left for Mexico, they tried to get any information they could about the LDL crash from sources outside the MJ-12 documents. They ultimately found a few interesting pieces of information that seemed to support what was mentioned in the 1952 Eisenhower briefing regarding this Mexican crash. On the very first day of the Indio Incident, December 6, 1950, the United States seemed to be dealing with its own spate of UFO sightings. According to the declassified documents prepared for the Secretary of Defense found in the National Archives, the U.S. was on a high alert. That was very the very same day in December. Some 40 unidentified flying objects flying at high speed at 32,000 feet appeared in the skies above the northeastern United States at 10:30 a.m. on December 6th. 1950 according to the six page memo there was no reason to believe that the aircraft were friendly
2: the air force scrambled interprete- uh, interpreters and by 1104 the situation was diffused before a national emergency was declared president Truman would later write about the incident in his memoirs published in 1979 that the un- pred- um president. Presented- yeah thank you ufo event had something to do with what happened sometime later in the day just across the border Denise and Tom Tuley conducted their first on-site investigation in March of 1990, first traveling to the incident's namesake, the town of um, El Indo, Texas. They first sought out locals who lived there in the area 40 years earlier by whom may have had first-hand knowledge of the alleged sorts crash. To their surprise, they have met no one in the town who knew anything.
1: two then crossed the border and traveled to the little town of Guero. It's way closer to the supposed crash site founded by Spanish missionaries in 1702. I was then in the fringes of the Spanish Empire in the New World. Guero had always been primarily an agricultural community supporting a population of several hundred to up to 2,000 people. The American UFO researchers first talked to the former mayor of the town, Enrique Severa, who had been a young man at the time of the El Encino incident. Severo had no recollection of it but gave to the name of the Rosendo Flores, who served as an official town historian. Flores turned out to be a jackpot of information. Rosendo Flores not only remembered the crash, he was an eyewitness to it. Flores told the researchers that he had been working on his family's land north of town, and in the mid-afternoon he saw, quote, ball of fire fell from the sky, somewhere between his location and Rio Grande. The lands of an adjoining ranch flying to the Gregos family crash-caused a birth fire. A
2: few days later, a military... <laughs> a few days later, a, milita- a, days later, a mil- military... Congit came down from Contingent. Contingent. Thank you. I can't speak English today. Um, I never could. Anyway. Um, Too damn close to my face. Thank you. Um, Down from Pedras Negras. Okay, and secured the area. Later, Forrest saw a truck hauling something away. When asked if any Americans were involved with the takeaway of the wreckage, Flores said he couldn't tell. Rumors about the incident swirled around the area, but no one official told the locals anything. Acting on Flores' <coughs> information, Stacy and Dooley tried to track down other witnesses, but everyone Flores told them. Um, about was either long since dead or not at home. The researchers returned to the United States to regroup. Stacy and Dooley made another trip down to Garrow in 1990. On the second trip, the duo went to the Gregos Ranch who tried to find the site of the supposed impact. The crash at the ranch had been sold in the intervening years, and the new owners knew nothing of the incident. He did tell the researchers throughout that, on his property, it was a huge hole you that's... Yeah. Okay. It supposedly appeared in the late 1940s, or it was so large that a tractor fell into it. The gigantic hole was in the general of the city of where um, Rosendo Flores said the fireball had crashed to the earth.
1: While gathering information on the second trip, the two heard rumors of another UFO crash that supposedly happened 130 miles south of Guerrero at a place called Rio Sabinas in July of 1948. The locals called this the Tomato Man incident because photos supposedly existed of a charred body of an ancestral being amid smoldering flying saucers wreckage. It later turned out but the photos were of human accident victims who had died tragically in a roadside car crash. In 1994, Stacy and Dooley returned to the Grego's ranch outside of Guerrero with two other investigators to put the El Indio crash story to rest, once and for all. With help of locals, they rediscovered a gigantic hole they visited in 1990. Stacy and Dooley brought metal detectors with them this time in hopes of finding pieces of debris. But they found nothing, not even old nails or ball caps. The researchers later concluded that what they had visited was a natural sinkhole and nothing more. After interviewing a total of forty people about the LNDL crash, the researchers concluded that there was not enough evidence to determine that the event actually happened. There's one more curious reference to this particular UFO incident. There were other witnesses to the crash on the American side of the Stacey and Dooley missed in their thorough investigations of the event. In the 2011 book, Searching for UFOs, by Dylan H. Richards and Janet I. Sterling, the author writes, In December 1950, a woman visiting a dude ranch in Texas wrote to her husband about a most unusual incident. She and other guests and ranch workers had observed what seemed to be an airplane in distress flying overhead. He thought it might have come down over the Mexican-American border. Next day, several ranch cowboys rode out to see if they could find something. They found wreckage, but couldn't look, look like any. But it didn't look like any other plane they ever seen. There were bodies strewn about, badly burned. Cowboys said it looked as though the craft had been piloted by children. So, what really happened on September 6, 1950, outside of the small Mexican font town right across the border? Perhaps there's more to discover in secret USO government files or in storage facilities of government labs. Ultimately, we may never know the full truth about this little known LNDO UFO incident. thank you for listening to this episode of Cozy Cryptid. I'm your host Tanner.
2: And it's been Amanda. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and to turn into next week's episode.
1: Thank you for my writer, researcher, and from my uh, social media uh, person, Maduri. And thank you for Matt for the music here. Uh, shout out to g Game Days. They do uh, video game reviews, and they have a video game movie reviews. I'm sorry, and they do. I heard doing like a video game book club. Right now, they're doing Wild Rift. Get some on Twitch.tv for slash G1 underscore Game Days. They do, um everything they. All money you get from that, they put towards that, a charity for uh, my children's hospital. So, help them out. And then we can just spread the word. And that really helps a lot, too. Um, next week, like I said, we're we'll going to have uh, Keith Evans on. So, look forward to that. Any questions or you want me to show yourself? Just go to cozycredit.com There we have it. social media feed and you can have some merchand- buy some merchandise. So, a
2: lot of them are adorable.
1: Adorable, yeah. Probably getting some more stuff here soon. Hopefully before about here by June. But uh, take some. Thank you, really. Stay cozy, everyone.